Hey everybody fans, welcome back to episode 9 of Ball with B-Show. This episode, we're going over a couple of games, previewing a couple of games, and get into A-10 tournament talk as it's only in a couple of weeks. So let's get right into the episode. Rody's first game of the week was last Friday against Davidson at home. So URI started off, I wouldn't say hot, but they were pretty much matching Davidson the whole way through. Davidson went on a little bit of a run. And as soon as you thought Uri had a break, you know, down 33-24, Fats Russell hits a three um, near the end of the half. And then with John Axel Goodmanson for Davidson, hits a full-court shot um, with, like, no time left. So that really killed Uri's momentum. And after that, Davidson won a huge run, went up by 16 early in the second half. URI battled all the way back. They're down, I think it was 14 or 15, like six minutes ago. And they got all the way back to eight with the ball. Um, but it just never really worked out as URI ended up losing that game, 75-66. Overall, good effort by Rhode Island, I will say. Um, Tyrese Martin, player of the game, 16 points. Even though Cyril... Um, did have 12 points, 13 boards. I think Tyrese Martin kind of fueled that comeback near the end of the game. But Rhode Island just couldn't really pull it out. For Davidson, though, John Axel Goodmanson, triple-double. Um, the guy they need to look out for, he had 20 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. So, um, again, hard to uh, win games. We have players on other team that are very, uh, very much skilled. And, yeah. Um... Uri's um, overall team stats, they shot pretty well from three, seven for 19, 36%, but Davidson did shoot nine for 13, 20, uh, 69% from three, so that's what killed them, uh, their defensive three-point uh, three defense, and then their field goal percentage is only 37% compared to Davidson's 61%. Um, Uri had 15 offensive rebounds compared to uh, Davidson's one, so they really killed them on the offensive glass. But Davidson had 23 defensive boards, so URI 16. So kind of like a tip for tat there. Um, everything else is pretty uh, matched out there. Turnovers, same. Fouls, two two foul difference. So yeah, kind of a short recap, but um, a game that URI, I like to see from URI. A game where they showed fight, uh, determination, which I haven't seen in a while. And that kind of led into their next game against George Washington, and oh boy, that was an absolute blowout. First start off, special thanks from Senator Villabank for um, having me for part of the game in, in one of their suites. Um, I won a URI signed ball, which is pretty cool. So, that was cool, that game, but URI just shot terrifically from three. It was pretty close the first couple minutes of the game. URI didn't pull the head. Uh, I think it was, yeah, 13-point halftime lead, 44-31. And then from there, it was smooth sailing. They just absolutely dominated. Uh, ended up winning 80-53, to snapped the five-game losing streak. Um, and I think that that really, uh, what that came into was that comeback versus Davidson. Uh, the fight they had at the end of that game, I think that actually helped them a little bit. Get a little more hungrier, uh, fight harder, and shots were just falling. Player of the game. Uh, Jeff Doughton, 
16 points. Fats had 14. Sterl had 13 with 6 boards. But Jeff Dowden, 4 for 6 from 3-point land. 6 for 8 from the field. Super efficient. And URI, let's just look at this. URI, 10 for 21 from 3. 47% from 3. George Washington, 0 for 11. So the problems they had against Davidson with 3-point defense, uh, they went away. Uh, bad field goal percentage last game, 54% this game. 32 for 59. So... Very efficient, very good uh, for URI. Now, listen to this. 15 steals. I've never seen a game where they had 15 steals. Um, added up to 19 turnovers for George Washington and only 7 for Rhode Island, which was huge in dominating George Washington. Um, on George Washington's side, only one really doing stuff was uh, Landrica. Uh, he scored like all 14 or 12, he had double-double, 14 points, 12 boards. He scored like 12 of his points in like the first half. But yeah, nothing nothing really much else from George Washington. So that's the recap of those games. Now I'm going to preview uh, games in the future. Tomorrow night, Friday, March 1st, I am pretty sure. Yeah, tomorrow's March 1st. Yeah. Big game for URI, and I'll talk about that later when it comes to A-10 tournament implications, but they go to Dayton, second in the A-10, for chance to really upset them in their home um, in their home stadium and really uh, take back, uh, get some energy, and really, more. this is more like a revenge tour, uh, I will say, from that huge, disappointing loss, embarrassing loss it took from Dayton, and then following up with a Fordham loss, but... Yeah, they go to the UD Arena, and I think it's possible. I personally think it's possible. If they can stop the three-point shooting like they did against George Washington and shoot that three-point shooting like they did against George Washington, God, um, I will say, George Washington is George Washington. Um, Not the top tier A-10, but still, if you like and hit shots and play defense, I see them having... A chance of winning this game. Uh, the spread right now is eight and a half, favoring Dayton. But I think URI can upset Dayton. It seems like a, it seems like a very short time that we've really talked about Dayton because we talked about him, I think two or three episodes ago. But again, Josh cutting Josh Cunningham, um, Obi Topin who balled out against Rhode Island. So did Jalen Crutcher. Uh, Ryan Mikesell has been doing really well over the past couple games. He had 22 points versus VCU in a key game, even though they did lose um, after a game-winning shot. But he is uh, stepping up, shooting very well. Trey Leanders off the bench, unbelievable um, shooting the ball. Jordan Davis, great role player there to make a shot on that starting lineup. So, great defender too. Davidson's the Dayton. <laughs> I said Davidson because Dayton's like Davidson. They have a lot of tools. Uh, they have a lot of shooters, so if you can really take that um, out of their game, I think it's um, um, they have a good chance of winning. So, major implications in this game for Rhode Island. And then next Tuesday, they have another huge game. Um, it doesn't sound huge, but it is. Uh, they play St. Joseph's, 11th in the A-10. And this is a big game because they're only one game back of Rhode Island. They lose. If Rhode Island loses... They really get behind St. Joe's. And URI wants to get anywhere from 7 to 10. And they want to lock that in. And we'll talk about scenarios later um, in this episode. But 
St. Joe's, they've got uh, a very good player in Charlie Brown Jr., 19.6 points. Taylor Funk, he can shoot. He's a, he's a uh, forward who can shoot at 5.9 5 rebounds a game. But, yeah. Um, and when I mean shoot, he can shoot necessarily well for a big man. So can Jared Bynum at 33% from three-point land. So, St. Joe's is another one of those teams, kind of like Fordham, very sneaky. Uh, Phil Marcelli runs the 2-3 defense, which killed Rhode Island last year. But as you saw in that George Washington game, they started off in 2-3, or they played it throughout the whole game, and it did not work. It just didn't, because URI shot very well from 3. If you, URI can beat any team from uh, in a 2-3 if they can shoot well. That's the key to the 2-3. 2-3 is forcing bad teams that, can sh that can't shoot to shoot. And if they fall, it's um, it just pretty much contagious to make shots against two three because they're wanting you to get that. Another good um, great player from uh, St. Joe's is uh, uh Lamar Kimball. Um, now you guys forget they were good last year, but a couple of these players didn't even play due to injuries. So St. Joe's is an underrated team. They're a sleeper team. Big limitations because they're only one game back, and that one game win for St. Joe's can put them above URI. Um, so yeah, that's where that stands right now for St. Joe's. It's at St. Joe's, so that's what makes it even harder. And it's one of those games where it can go either way. URI can win by 20, or they can lose by 20. Um, it can be a close game, so there's endless possibilities for this game, I, I believe. And I hope URI wins. Well, of course, I hope URI wins every game. But for the sake, especially this game, over the Dayton game, this is bigger implications in their area in the conference. So, we're going to get right into A-10 um, stuff. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start with scores first in the A-10 first. Um, due to the fact where we can go over standings and the A-10 tournament kind of conjoined. So, Friday night, after the last episode, is one game, URI Davidson. 75-66, Davidson won. Going to Saturday, a lot of games. Richmond defeat LaSalle, which I'll tell you why it's big later. 84-75, Grant Golden 24 points. Pookie Powell 24 points for uh, LaSalle. UMass beat St. Joe's by one. Jonathan Laurent at 24 for UMass. Or did I say St. Joe's beat UMass? I don't know. UMass beat St. Joe's by one after being down 17 and a half, which is crazy. And VCU beat George Washington by 28. Uh, Mark Evans had 25 points for VCU. Dayton defeated St. Louis, 70-62. Jermaine Isabel Jr. led St. Louis with 23 points. Jalen Crusher had six, uh, 17 for Dayton. Duquesne beat George Mason on the road. Very good game. They narrowly beat him. Tavian Dunmar for Duquesne, 22 points. Javon Green led George Mason with 18. The last game of Saturday was St. Bonaventure absolutely mauling Fordham. <laughs> 74-53 with Darian Griffin, 9 points, 11 boards. Overall, great game by him. And we're going to Sunday where there were no games. And then the next games in the conference were Tuesday where URI played. They won 80-53. Talked about that. Dayton defeated UMass, 72-48. Obi Topin, 19 points, 8 boards. It's Jonathan Laurent, 21 for UMass. VCU, St. Louis played. VCU stuck past St. Louis. After a scare, they're up by 14 at halftime. Ended up only winning by six. Marcus Evans, who's been playing very well for the VCU team, 
had 20 points, 4 boards. Sam French for St. Louis, 16 points, 8 boards. Moved to Wednesday, last night. LaSalle beat Davidson 79-69, which is crazy. Tracy Carter, 24 points. John Knox Goodmanson, 19 for Davidson. But that's, that's, a, that's a major blow for Rhode Island. And because um, they're one game above Rhode Island in the a standings. So that's why uh, they lost. You right beat ahead of them because they beat both Richmond and LaSalle. But again, we'll talk about it later. George Mason beat Richmond, which is a loss you right needed. 77-63. Jordan Miller led George Mason with 13 points set boards. Julius Johnson, 21 points for Richmond. St. Bonaventure beat Duquesne in a, in a, how do I say this? It's a game where if they, Duquesne won, they'd be in front of St. Bonaventure. If St. Bonaventure won, they would have been in Duquesne, uh, front of a game in front of Duquesne. It's Courtney Stocker, 21 points for uh, St. Bonaventure. Lamar Norman Jr., 20 points, 4 boards, 4 steals for Duquesne. The last game of last night was St. Joseph's <clears throat> Fordham, 66-52. St. Joe's got the win. Charlie Brown Jr., 20 points, 9 boards. Ty Perry for Fordham, 12 points. And again, the only game tomorrow night is Redon Dayton on ESPN 2. Now, let's get into the rankings. So, right now, VCU leads the A-10, uh, first place. Seoul, first place at 13-2. Davidson, Dayton are, um, lead first place, uh, tied in second place at 11-4. George Mason and St. Bonaventure are tied in third place at 10-5. Duquesne in sixth place at nine and six, St. Louis at eight and seven, LaSalle at seven and eight, Rhode Island in front of Richmond at six and nine. Both, but you guys in front because of the tiebreaker. Uh, St. Joe's is at five and ten, George Washington four and eleven, UMass three and twelve, Fordham two and thirteen. So this is where we can talk about the A10 tournament and the breakdown of the A10 tournament. The eight through nine automatically play on Thursday and play the one. The 7th through 10 automatically play the Thursday, and the winner of that plays the 2. Right now, Uri is at the 8. Wait, no, 1, 2, 3, 4. At the 9. At the 9 in front of Richmond. Who's at the 10? The South at the 8. St. Louis is at the 7. So, the four teams we can focus on right now is St. Louis, LaSalle, Rhode Island, Richmond. So, Rhode Island has a game like Dayton left, where there's a good chance they're going to lose. I'm saying they can't win. ESPN has them like 86% chance they're going to lose. So if you count that as a URI loss, and St. Joseph's win um, their next game, Richmond wins. That put URI in 10th, tied with St. Joe's, which why would put major implications on that St. Joe's game. While URI be two games behind LaSalle, LaSalle still has two hard games in Dayton and Davidson. But that loss, but LaSalle beating... Davidson last night really killed Rhode Island's hopes for an eighth seed due to the fact that they are now two games back if they lose tomorrow night. If they win tomorrow night, nothing to worry about. They're in the driver's seat for the eighth seed. If they lose, they're going to fight back for the eighth seed, maybe ninth seed. But I can see them still getting the eighth seed if they lose tomorrow night. They would just have to beat St. Joseph's. They'd have to beat UMass, which would put them at 8-10. and 10, Where LaSalle would then have to lose to Dayton Davidson which I think are both on the road, or one of them's at home, and they play Fordham. So, LaSalle, they lose two out of three. That put them at 8-10. and ten. And Richmond has another hard game on their schedule left. They have VCU and Davidson. 
So, again, that can put them at 8-10 and 10 as well. If you get what I'm saying, you get what I'm saying. Um, if they all finish at 8-10, and 10, you're right, would be it would be Richmond and LaSalle, put them at the 8, play the 9. Now, right now, I don't really care where URI is 8 or 9 because they're going to be playing the same team, so the only thing that matters is style points for Alan David Cox and for his quote-unquote trophy case. Not that an 8 or 9 seed is anything to brag about, but 8 or 9 seed doesn't really matter, but if they want an 8 seed, they want an 8 seed, 19, 9 seed. All I'm saying is that they're 9 seed, the only thing you're going to notice is they're going to be wearing navy blue jerseys, and if they're an 8 seed, they're going to be wearing white jerseys. But no matter what, if they win on the play the one seed, they'll be wearing navy blue jerseys. If you really care what the difference between the eight and nine seed and the eight ten tournament is, there's no uh, advantage. If anything, Rhode Island has a bigger advantage in any game. If it's as in St. Louis, LaSalle, Richmond, um, George Washington, uh, teams like that, George Mason, because URI is only a solid three hour drive to the uh, Barclays Center, where it's much longer for other teams. So. Nothing, no difference. Now, this is where it gets tricky, though. Would you rather be an 8 or 9 seed, where you play the 1 seed, which is now VCU, who you right has beaten, but also got embarrassed um, on the road? Or would you be a 7 or 10 seed, playing St. Louis, who you have beaten before, and then again, get pushed to play that 2 seed, which would be Davidson or Dayton? Who pl- Dayton played tomorrow night, but you got embarrassed by Dayton the first time. And Davidson, you had 2 I'm not going to say pretty good, but all right games, um, especially the second game when they played at the Ryan Center last Friday night, where they could have won, I think, personally. Where they could have won if they just had made a couple more shots, played a little bit of defense, they could have won. So that's something to think about. Um, you can't really predict that until this whole thing is wrapped up. Who's um, Davidson or Dayton in first place? VCU, is there in first place? Are they solid? Um, they're two games above, so I see them easily grabbing first place. I don't see a problem with that. But Davidson Dayton, you have teams like UMass, uh, not UMass, they're at the bottom of the conference. George Mason or St. Bonaventure. Could they slip up maybe a two seed? Um, so that's something to talk about in the eighth tournament. So it really gets very confusing. And I don't know where I stand right now because I don't know if I'd rather play VCU, who I did, who we did beat. But then again, they've got a great tra- fan base where they travel everywhere. Um, you did beat them at home. But then you try to play them in a neutral court where they have a great fan base. You were right, they a great fan base too. But VCU, I remember going to Pittsburgh a couple years ago. I know it's Pittsburgh and not for the Barkley Center. But when you were right, won the 8 10 championship. VCU outnumbered URI fans like 5 to 1. There's like 2,000 VCU fans and like 500 URI fans. It's like 4 to 1. So, stuff like that. But then they went on the road to keep playing VCU and they lost by 34. Or you play a team like Davidson. We only lost by 15, not by, not only by 15, but a couple cheap baskets at the end. Um, they were in the whole game until Davidson really pulled ahead. And you almost came back and beat them and had a close game with them. Um, not the whole way through, but it was pretty close to the first half and then got too high and they kind of got back to like six or eight points and they just couldn't get anything after that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know right now personally, but all I'm saying is there's a loss. Tomorrow night to Dayton, I'd rather play Davidson than Dayton, hands down, because you have more confidence against them. Um, now, if Dayton's a close game, we get another conversation, but I hope Uri wins tomorrow night, which really gets rid of the stress of hoping other teams lose, because they win tomorrow night, 
they really have a solid chance of going, um, um, what do you call it? 9-9, which they're predicting at 10 and 8, so not too far off. And another thing to look at, I just checked the schedule. I haven't noticed this, but if Yuri wins out and goes 9-9, the 7 seed is a possibility, which then again, they should wear white jerseys and then wear blue jerseys because they'd be playing the 2 seed if they win that game. But the 7 seed is in play. It's in play. Can you believe that? After what's going on, the 7 seed is still in play because you have St. Louis at 8-7. and seven. They have to play George Mason, Duquesne, and then travel to St. Bonaventure. If you goes nine and nine, nine nine, they would have to, St. Louis would have to lose all three games though, which is possible, which is slightly possible. Not saying it is, but it's slightly possible, because then in the event of a tie, nine and nine, you would get the eight seed because St. Louis has a better record. That's that. But I see them losing to George Mason. I can see them losing to Duquesne. I can see them lose St. Bonaventure on the road easily. So, that's where we stand in the A-10 tournament right now. For Uriah's sake, of course. And, yeah. So, we're going to get in to Power 5 Basketball. And we're going to start off with, of course, like we always do, the ACC. Um, good conference right now. Virginia Virginia is tied with North Carolina in that conference, both at thirteen and two. Duke at twelve and three. Virginia Tech at eleven and five. Florida State at ten and five, and then it pretty much not cuts off there. But compared to those five skill levels, it kind of cuts off there. You have Syracuse at nine and six, Louisville at nine and seven, who's kind of who's dropped a lot. So that's that. Um. Yeah, if you look at the scores of the ACC, of course, in the past week we had some big games. Um, Virginia Tech, um, not Virginia Tech. Um, you got a big game: North Carolina, Florida State. North Carolina handled that game easily, seventy-seven fifty-nine. Um, uh, what's that? What's the game? What's the game I'm talking about? Virginia Tech Duke, 77-72, Virginia Tech won, huge game for Virginia Tech, uh, coming out game, because I didn't, not that I didn't respect them, I just didn't think they were that good compared to, um, um, when they played Virginia, they got absolutely demolished, so that's something, so those are a couple good games, um, of the week that were, um, watched and noted, and we're gonna move on to the big, uh, the Big Ten, where we have some action going on right now. Michigan, Nebraska, uh, 43-23. Michigan leads as thought of. But here goes the standings. Michigan State at 14-3 with Purdue at 14-3, tied in first. Um, Michigan then behind at 13-4. Maryland at 12-6. Wisconsin at 11-6. And Iowa at 10-7. Now, everyone says the ACC is the best conference. This year... They have competition in the Big Ten. You have six teams in the top 22. uh, With Iowa at 22. But six teams. And you have two in the top 10. That's really good. And I know the ACC has like three three teams in the uh, top 10. But still. 
Ohio State can get in. I I won't be uh, surprised if Ohio State or Minnesota get into the eight, uh, not a ten. Jeez, um, NCAA tournament. So another big game in the Big Ten was the Michigan Michigan State game, where um, Michigan did prevail in that one. Um, let's see if I can find the score. Seventy-seven, seventy. Michigan State to prevail at Michigan, so big win. Cassius Winston, twenty-seven points. Um, he's a baller. I get to like, that's all I gotta say. So that was the, pretty much the game of the week for the Big Ten. Move to the Big Twelve. We have another big game yet. Kansas State, Kansas, uh, the Sunflower State showdown. Um, yeah, and Kansas ended up winning that game, which really helped them in the standings. They they went from like fifth to third. So right now you have Texas Tech and Kansas State tied at eleven and four, and then you have Kansas at ten and five, Baylor ten and five, Iowa State at nine and six, Texas at seven and eight, and you have TCU and Oklahoma who could sneak in maybe to the NCAA tournament. But as I said before, uh, that Kansas did win the Sunflower State um, showdown in Kansas. Well, of course it's in Kansas. Uh, 64-49, they dominated at home. Dedrick Lawson led them with 18 points. So, that's that. <laughs> and we're going to move to the SEC, where you had a couple of uh, good games this past week, where we see some shift in the standings. Tennessee, Kentucky, and LSU are in a three-way tie at 13-2, and two, but due to some head-to-heads, Tennessee's in first place, then Kentucky, then LSU. Wait, that made, doesn't make sense. Did, oh, yeah. Due to, due to win-loss record, Tennessee's at 25-3, Kentucky's at 24-4, LSU's at 23-5. Um, so, a couple... Uh, some big games was um that what the, what game was it ah I'm really blanking right now, it was the LSU Kentucky game or the Tennessee game I think it was LSU Tennessee and it came down to the end and I think LSU pulled it out um I'm trying to look for the score LSU did pull it out I know that they had that tip in and the foul at the end they got the two free throws yeah LSU pulled it out 82-80 to defeat Tennessee which put them Tied in first place, tied in quote marks, but because of the records, Tennessee's still in first place, which is well deserved, I believe. And nothing, I think, was that the only game? Oh, yeah, Kentucky did survive a scare from Arkansas, 70 66. And there's one more the other night, I think. Yeah, Tennessee um, had a go ahead basket with in a controversy uh, with a charge call. Uh, 73-71, they defeated Ole Miss. So, that's the thing. That's not the thing. Uh, the wrap-up for the SEC. And then the Pac-12. The silence. Um, raise your hand if you, uh, if you like the Pac-12. No one raises their hand unless you're a Pac-12 fan. Because no one likes the Pac-12 because they're weak. Uh, Washington still leads that. They're ranked. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a Pac-12 team has been ranked at 25. Washington at 13-1 in the conference, uh, 25 in the nation, 22-5 overall. Well-deserved. Next is 10-5 Arizona State. 
The rest I don't really care about. Oregon State at nine and five, and I'm just not even gonna read the rest of the names. Since the Pac-12 is no good, as I showed before, no one raised their hand because no one likes the Pac-12. Therefore, there were no good games in the Pac-12. I think I just heard the crickets in my backyard, you know, because of all that stuff. But I think that's a good place to end the episode today. Uh, again, Spotify, iTunes should be up tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow in the morning, I think. If maybe not tonight, like later tonight. So that's going to be it for the episode. Of course, SoundCloud's going to be out right away. Also, I have a website now, ballingwithbeecher.com. Look it up. You can send me messages, um, email me. Um, check it out. See I got a schedule on there, what's going on. And all i got to tell you guys is a surprise for the future. Uh, I can't say anything right now, but it's, in a, it's, it's a surprise in the works uh, regarding... Uh, this series and this show and myself and I hope you guys stay for that a um, couple of episodes I'll tell you more about it and expand on it and tell you the details about it but yeah that's what I'm going to leave you guys off on and Dayton tomorrow night ESPN 2 7 o'clock George, uh, St. Joseph's away 7 o'clock Tuesday night March 5th so, those are the games we got for. As always, Rody, Rody, Rody.